On today's episode of the podcast, we're talking Mets, we're talking Yankees, and we're introducing a new segment hmm. called Realistic or Real Duty Sticks. Real Big Duty Stick. Stand corrected. J-Bar, anything to add before we get going? It's going to be a hell of an episode. You guys are in for a wild ride. Of course, we will do the typical Mets-Yanks banter, as of course is tradition. And then we're going to be jumping right into that segment that we love. Everybody knows it. Realistic or real big duty stick? And you might be asking, what is a duty stick? Well, Uncle Train will tell you that in just a few brief moments. And by a few brief moments, I mean probably like 15, 20 minutes. So if you're eager, just sit tight, strap yourself in. We're going to be going... Balls deep into the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, over the Tommy Rowe, Sweet P. How we doing, young boy? Come on. Gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're happy to be back on this beautiful Tuesday evening, about 65 degrees and sunny, here in Murray Hill, Manhattan, New York, United States, planet Earth. Happy to be here. We got a little bit of Mets, Yanks, back and forth, how we've been doing the last two weeks, how we're feeling, we got a lot to say, and Michael, I believe, the Yanks. Let's start it off with that. Yeah, so the Yankees, I mean, there's a lot to say. There is a lot to say. I'm going to start it off with what everyone's thinking about, Mm -hmm. what everyone's talking about. It's the injury bug. It's crazy. I have never seen anything like this. I know you Met fans think that you've had it bad in the past. Well, It's not the same thing. What's going on here in Yankee land is absolutely devastating. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse... Mm. On Saturday, Aaron Judge went down. The behemoth himself. It is... I had to sit there just genuinely sad for a good, like, five minutes before I could move from my seat because it's not just what he means to the Yankees. It's what he means to my daily happiness. My my emotional happiness of getting to watch this guy play on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. been looking forward to it for months stripped from me no timeline yet just told that it's a significant strain he adds to the other 12 12 players that have hit the injured list got to make sure to be politically correct right the injured list this season not the disabled list and it's certainly not like the mentally retarded list i mean come on and what does this mean? Well, tell us. In 2018, mm-hmm. or I should say this a little differently, players who accounted for 66% of the Yankees' home runs in 2018 are currently injured and unavailable. Wow. 62% of their runs. That doesn't even factor in a, gr- a guy like Troy Tulowitzki. It also doesn't factor in the impact of losing a guy like Luis Severino and a guy like Dylan Betances, who is arguably the best guy that they have in the bullpen. So you lost your best starter, 
you lost your best player, you lost your best bullpen piece, everything is going to shit in Yankee land as the boys get hurt. However, silver lining? The silver lining is the boys who are left, as we've gotten beaten down on the 25-man roster, mm -hmm. as we've gotten beat down on the 40-man roster to the point where nobody's left in the minors on the 40-man. And you guys had a lot of people down there. I had a lot of people down there. However, the boys who are left have come to play. They really have. Uh, they've won six of their last seven games. Mm. They have, on uh, last weekend, uh, we lost a series to the Chicago White Sox. And it kind of seemed like everything's really going downhill. The injuries are there. Boston's coming into town. Kind of seems like a get-right series for them. Mm -hmm. We don't have our best guys. And what happens? Well, what happens is James Paxton throws his first of two consecutive 12 strikeout games, an absolute eight-inning gem in yep. his debut against the Red Sox in Yankee Stadium. He had the moment, the Yankee moment, that we waited a year and a half on from Sonny Gray and never got. And that is big-time stuff from the big maple. You gotta love to see that. The pitching staff for the Yankees. Holding it down right now. Last seven games, three and one, mm. 1.79 ERA. Wow. Six quality starts. That is bananas. All started by the return <clears throat> of Karsten Charles Sabathia. The Yankees pitching staff is picking it up <laughs> when we need them to. And one last thing I'll say about the Yankees yeah. in winning six of seven games. What Clint Frazier has done for this team, what he has meant to the lineup. He's been huge. Holding down the fort, hitting over 300, hitting some yabos, oh, yeah. getting some big hits. This guy is making up for the lost time. He's making he's making the most of his opportunity that he Absolutely. has this year. And overall, a 12-10 and 10 record for this team, pretty good. The mantra is right now, stay afloat, get the guys back, and let's get where we need to go. Stay afloat, I think, is a perfect mantra for the Yanks right now. Because, you know, once you guys get healthy, it's going to be a very scary situation over in the AL East. I think the Rays are going to have a uh, run for their money. We'll see if the Sox pick it up. They will be in the same situation. I think we can all agree that Clint Frazier looks like the epitome of a bully in a children's movie. He literally looks like the most angry, red-headed child with those beady little eyes that you could possibly imagine. He, 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 he resembles the bully in A Christmas Story. Remember him. As a classic movie, as a classic character, Clint Frazier is a classic man. But boy, how did he see classic look. And I gotta tip my cap once, maybe a little extra half tip um, to Clint Frazier because he's really holding it down. He's coming up at a big time uh, we've seen what he could do last year. We saw some glimpses of what he's able to do. And the fact that now there's a window in the outfield that he can get some normal playing time. We're seeing him as an everyday guy now. And you've got to be liking what you see as a Yanks fan. Yeah, and I mean, I think what's what's really interesting about the Yankees, right? Six to seven games. The guys who are playing hero mm -hmm. for them. Giovanni Urshela. Oh, the Urshman. Ursher. Ursher. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man hits a big sack fly last night. 
Exact. To go up in extras. Chapman blows it. Unfortunate. Mm, it happens see. to everyone. You hate to see it. Definitely. But what does Urshela, the Urshman, do? Comes back a couple innings later, knocks in the winning run. The man is playing big time. Also can pick it at third base. Very important. Gotta love it. Other than him, Mike Talkman, who John Sterling has nicknamed the Sock Man. Doesn't make any sense. Had to throw it in there. Sterling really is a fucking moron. You could have said he's the talk of the town. Anything. Very easy. Anything. Oscar the Touch. The Sock Man. The Sock Man. <laughs> this guy. Fucking idiot. I thought he was garbage. Garbaggio. Old trash can. Like Jake, Jake Cash. Shout out. Red Sox come into town. Chris Sale on the mound. What does the Talkman, the Sock Man do? Little five RBI game. Guy can hit a little bit. Little five ribby. Impressive. Mm. Who else we got out there? We got Austin Romine. Big walk-off hit. This guy is actually one of the better backup catchers in all of baseball. Every year when Sanchez goes down, he kind of holds down the fort. Also want to give a little shout-out to Kyle Higashioka. Hasn't done anything amazing, but Yankees catchers hitting over 300 it is, since. It has been a while. Uh, is that Gary since? went down. Is so, that, have we seen a, a for around hitting catcher like that around since, since the Jorge era? Huh? Don't think so. Well, you gotta, really you gotta wonder. So, Austin Romine, a.k.a. the Lettuce Man. Romine Lettuce, absolutely. You really gotta love him. Yeah, he's a... Chop it up. He's a class act back he's, there. He's a class act. He hustles. He's the heart and soul that, that you want from the backup catcher. Big old head of lettuce. Big old head of lettuce. Um, and then, you know, I, I think it's also just, you know, to to get back to what I was saying before, the pitching staff has really held it down. Mm. I mentioned CeCe. I mentioned Paxton. Hap is starting to get on track. And last podcast, I spoke about the effect of Masahiro Tanaka, Naka Nacion. Everyone knows him as that. Mm-hmm. Come on. Gotta love it. Um, and finally, uh, Domingo Herman. This guy is pitching really well for the Yanks. Like that he's getting an opportunity. I should call him Mr. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Mm. Pitches on Sunday. You call him Sunday, Sunday. How about it? Domingo Sunday. Give him a little ice cream Sunday. Get mm. the triple Sunday, and it's a triple threat. A little hot fudge. Come on. So overall, uh, it's stay afloat right now, but it, it's impressive that they're able to win games right now. It's extremely helpful that the Sox are royal duty cakes right now. Because if the Sox were playing with the potential that we were expecting at the beginning of the season, it's a completely different ballgame for you guys. Absolutely. You guys got the Sox maintaining a strong lead and the Rays ahead of you guys. So you're, you you got to be, be happy with the situation you're in right now. No, I, I no mean, complaints. It definitely helps. But even with our beaten down lineup, they come in. Paxton throws the gem and we win 8 nothing. You like the laugher of a game. Mm. Next day comes around. What happens? Yankees down late. Who comes up? It's Brett Gardner with a grand slam, a papa slam. 5-3 Yankees. Get the fuck out of the stadium. I love the salami, We'll see you, we'll see you later. Get the rye bread, Grandma, and get the mustard, Ma, because we're making grand salami sammies for the next few days. We're making them. We we're might even hand a couple out. We're putting a little mustard on them. Mm-hmm. We're uh, we're gonna have a nice baguette, maybe some rye bread. Actually, we gotta get the rye bread. Prefer the rye. I want the rye. I want the rye bread. We will slice it diagonally. Oh, uh, with the rye bread? I think I'm cutting straight across. Uh, I don't think I'll do that. But teacher's own. We all know it. Teacher's own. Everybody's been there before. Gotta love it. Hate to see it, ladies and gents. Let's give a little word from our sponsors, and then we will dive into how the Mensies are doing 
over across town to Queens. So now a word from our sponsor. For a great low rate, you can get online. Go to the general and save some time. For a great low rate, you can get online. Go to the general and save some time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the general. He's coming in hot. He's in his red convertible. He's flying down fucking 95. Coming in hot, making a hard right onto 287. He's coming up north, straight up to Mount Kisco, Yorktown Heights. He's hitting Westchester County with an absolute vengeance. And folks, the general, it's the best rate. It's online. You can save time. Don't even need a watch. You absolutely have to appreciate the general. Generally, I'm going to appreciate the general. General A. Unbelievable mustache on this guy. Great. Talk about, I mean, you have Shaq, you have the general, and you have the mustache. The mustache on the general is an all-time stash. It's almost as if the stash grows a little bit more every time that somebody saves some time through the general. I mean, pretty soon the guy's mustache is going to be down to the floor. He's going to be sweeping it up like a little broom. And folks, you really got to love that. And you hate to see it. Be completely honest, you hate to see it. You but know? you absolutely have to suck. Everybody's going down to play a damn ball. That's a well, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We're happy to be here. You gotta love it. You hate to see it. You absolutely have to suck it and you can't argue. We're going over into Queens and we're talking a little Metropolitan's action. 12 and 10 Mets. Same records for the Crosstown Rivals. And you gotta love it. I mean, how you feeling? Metropolitans it's kind of feeling like a roller coaster. Tell me your thoughts. It's interesting. So I think the life of a Mets fan is akin to that of a bipolar person. Because you can go from feeling like your team is easily the best in the division to expecting to win maybe 75 games. And it's frustrating as hell when you are in those troughs. But when you hit the peaks, you're feeling on top of the world. Overall, what's been killing me this season is the fact that we enter the season expecting the pitching to carry us to the finish line. That stinks. And what is happening? Well, the Mets happen to have a team RA, ERA of 535. Is that good? That is not great. Okay. The opposing batting average for the pitching staff of the Metropolitans is 266. Both of those are fifth worst in the majors. Now you're talking about a rotation that was arguably projected to be top five in baseball and a bullpen of somewhat similar stature. When you bring in Familia, now thinking back on it, I remember saying, okay, maybe Familia is going to be much better in a setup role. The closer situation is too high leverage. If you put him into the game in the setup position, he's going to be much more comfortable. He'll find his splitter. That did not happen because he sucks absolute penis this year. He's got a 6-5 ERA. Yeah, absolutely hate to see it. You kind of got to love it, though. You definitely don't got to love it. He definitely has to suck it. Last week, there was a game where he, I think he got behind 3-1 and one in like five straight batters, which was unbelievable. I was like, the dude literally can't throw a strike for the life of it. Um, needless to say, 
You got other guys in the pen who are not producing like we expect them to. Lugo has a 5-plus ERA. Diaz is holding it down. He's got yeah, eight, 8 saves, I believe, on the year. Pretty freaking solid. 8 for 8. You gotta love it. But the fact that we have the 5th worst ERA as a pitching staff in the majors is extremely alarming. Now, silver lining. Our offense has been absolutely off the charts. Um, we're flying high. We got Jeffy Mack, when are you coming back? And he's putting on an absolute clinic, just as I thought he would. Everybody doubted me. Remember, Michael, you were saying there's no way that he can carry out a you know, 350 batting average like he did for the second half of last year. Never said and I it. I said, Michael, you got to listen to me. I am literally never wrong. Never said it. Although there is one thing I am wrong on, and I need to get this off my chest. Not Mets-related, but God damn it, Cody Bellinger. I chose him to be the dookie cake of the year. I thought he it was not just a sophomore slump last year. I thought he was going to be an absolute duke. Turns out that he is the best batter on the face of the planet. So, guilty as charged. Lo siento. Won't happen again. Just had to get that off my chest. Had to do it, Tom. So, now that that is behind me and in the past, back to the Metsies. Another thing I noticed that's kind of fucked up is that to start this year, the first 22 games, 16 of them have been on the road. Wow. And we've only played six home games. That's crazy. Excluding the game that's going on right now in which we are absolutely handing it to the Phils and Wheeler is dealing. Six home games so far. That's why. Yeah, we have a 12-10 and 10 record. Wow. We're three and three at home, and we're nine and seven on the road. Those road games are that was including a you know, tough Phil squad, Braves when they were hot. So it's not like we're playing a couple of Duke cakes. Yeah, we played the Marlins, but we swept them easily. So you know we could brush that off. Got to beat the teams that you got to beat. The Yankees, in comparison, have only played six away games. Granted, they are battered, worse than a. Bucket full of brownie batter. Wow. You hate to see it, folks. Definitely got to suck that. But either way, we're looking that spoon clean. The fact that we now have a lot of home games to look forward to. Team, I think the pitching needs to be back in their home turf. They're really going to start bringing it to the fills like we saw last night. We're seeing it tonight with Wheeler. 11 Ks. No earned runs. The pitching staff needs to turn it around, though. You can't have Syndergaard pitching to a 5-plus ERA on the year, giving up 5 earned every game. That's not gonna, it's not going to work. They were saying he was sick the last game he pitched, but let's let bygones be bygones. The boy's got to step it up. I mean, he's been bad other than that start, so... Right. He hasn't been sick the whole year, I don't think. Oh, no. He's been a dookie cake. Is there... Let me ask you, as a Mets fan, do you have a 1 to 10? What's your concern meter with Noah Syndergaard right now? I need one more start. Okay. I need one more start to to have an opinion. I think if he gives up more than three earned, if he gives up three or more earned in his next start, and I believe he's going up against the Brew Crew, so that might be asking a lot. It's going to be tough. It might be asking a lot. But, again, he's back at home. I think he's had one home start this year. So, again, home games versus road games, two? Okay. I stand corrected. Either way, 
this game, this upcoming series against the Brewers, he's really going to have to prove it. If he doesn't bring it, I'm going to be concerned. Yeah, I mean, he has been bad. 5.9 ERA, so we're bordering on 6. Pretty crazy. Um, we all know the raw talent is there with him, but hasn't been good so far. It's very early. Mm. It's April. It's early. So we'll see. It's early. Um, I have something that I would like to say on behalf of the rest of the population that watches the Mets. Listening. Doesn't really like the team. But Pete Alonzo. He's unbelievable. He really is. He's really good at baseball. He's the real deal. But. Ooh, we got a big butt from Michael. And I have been saying this since I saw it in spring training. This guy has the worst home run trot I have ever seen in my life. I'm serious. Watch it the next time he does it. He's literally doing butt kicks around the bases. Really? It's unbelievable. I, he's and got the, a bad trot. He's got a terrible trot. It's it's like a turkey trot. It's interesting that you even notice something like that. Well, when the guy's hitting a lot of home runs, I've he's seen the trot. Steal a lot. He's really good at baseball. He's unbelievable. Terrible home run trot. Terrible, terrible jogger. Yeah. Very, very bad jogger. I, I believe they call it yogging. Oh, very bad jogger. Yaramir. Yeah, man, I gotta love him. Come on, boy. Um, so, getting back to life. Back to reality. I think we need to get Jason Vargas the fuck off of this team. Can I think everybody can agree on that. The guy has bordering a 10 ERA this year. Are you fucking shitting me? Come on. Okay, he's the, he's the five guy. Sure, everybody loves their Bergs. Everybody loves their free peanuts. But the five guy needs to pitch better than a 10 ERA. I mean, there are people out there that we could sign. We got Keiko. I'm kind of looking at Gio Gonzalez. I think picking up Gio and getting Vargas launched into outer space, preferably another galaxy. We, we might be talking Andromeda at this point. But God damn it, get the fuck out of this state, at least, Vargas. You are a literal piece of Duke. Gio Gonzalez. Hold on, I want to say one thing about okay, Vargas. Okay, okay, okay. Let me, let me say one thing. Because I'm, I'm, I'm heated right now. I know. Let me, let me get my thing out about Vargas. Okay. Not only is Vargas awful at pitching, but that video of him from his last start when he's in the dugout doing his throwing motion with the jacket on and his long hair, his greasy, curly hair. He's got a shit mustache, too. I... I had Jesus. nightmares about that for three days afterwards. I'm still concerned about what's going on with Jason Vargas. Sorry, I had to get it off my chest. This guy is not a good-looking fellow. He's not a good-looking fellow. His pitches are not good-looking. He's a piece of dookie cake, and that is, that, that, that is a guarantee. Now, Gio Gonzalez, who I'm looking to maybe uh, strike a deal with. Former Yank. Former Yank. Never made the big league Former club. Matt. Um, he, last year, had his first losing season since 2010. And that was even... He went between the Nats and the Brewers last year. He went 10 and 11. The man didn't have a losing season in nine years other than 2018. He's also consistently thrown 170-plus innings per year since then. There was one year I think he threw 150. Three of those years over the last almost decade, he's thrown over 200 innings. So the man is consistent. 
you know he, you know that you don't have to worry about injuries. Also, low key, he finished sixth in the Cy Young voting two years ago. Two years ago, really? two thousand seventeen. Wow. That man was sixth in the Cy Young voting. Can't even get a job now. So I mean, I'm begging you, Brody. You gotta talk to the man. Bring him into Queens. Send Jason Vargas to the fucking moon, and we're looking at a little bit of spark that might that might get something going with this pitching staff because we really need something. I mean, I can go on and on about Kimbrel every fucking episode and how we need to bolster our bullpen, but that's beside the point. Offense, on the other hand, again, I said it before, the offense has been fucking stellar so far. We are like fifth in the majors, I think, in runs scored and batting average, and you got guys like Todd Frazier coming in now off the injured list. And he had a grand salami breaking out the mustard and rye bread today against Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin's got to suck that. And we're also looking at Jed Lowry coming back. It's going to make it for an interesting uh, infield situation. Jeff McNeil is going to get many, many reps out in left field. And we'll see what happens. But, I mean, Jeffy Mack is staying in the lineup every single day. I think that goes without saying. He is a Ty Cobb-esque player. The man is not hitting a million dongs, but boy howdy, he's going to be hitting for a 370 average. Maybe even 400, maybe even 500. Only a Mets fan would compare <laughs> Jeff McNeil less than a month into the season to Ty Cobb. That's the kind of content you're getting here on the Subway Series podcast. Uncle Train the Uncle Big Train dog. Man and the Big Dog. In the morning. Sipping cups of Joe, not too hot, not too cold. Barton in chairs, couple schmucks. Barton in chairs, talking about baseball. Comparing Jeff McNeil to Ty Cobb. I'm just saying, gotta be on the lookout. The man is a one, he's a once in a lifetime player. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I think I need a break. I think you need a break. We all need a break. Let's take a little word from our sponsors. Bye. Hi, Nana. Five dollar foot long. Five dollar. Five dollar foot long. Ladies and gentlemen, we got that five dollar foot long. What do you say now, boy? You got five dollars. Little old lady, link it in your pocket. Hand it over to Subway. We'll get you that sandwich. Come on, boy. Come on, boy. What do you say? What do you say now, boy? Come on, boy. What do you say? What do you say now, boy? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Subway, and we're back, and we're better than ever. We are bringing you the hottest, the hottest sandwich in all the land. You can get a tuna salad, $5 foot long, for, you guessed it, $5. Subway tuna salad is underratedly unbelievable, and I am willing to fight to the grave for anybody who refutes that claim. I believe, shout out to Chris Mosca and his mother Tracy, I believe Chris said that his mom, Tracy, claimed that Subway tuna salad actually has a legitimate cult following. Wow. Because it's so good. It, I mean, I'm telling you, next time you go to Subway, ask for a little taste. Be like, can I, can I have a sample of your tuna salad? They'll probably look at you and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get out of my store. <laughs> but you just got to ask because you have to try the tuna. You getting the Italian herb and cheese bread while you're there? See, I'm very, I try to be very health conscious when I'm there, so I will almost always go whole wheat, but 
granted, I gotta uh, next time I go, I gotta say, look, you're eating at fucking Subway. You don't have to be healthy right now. Having a tuna right salad now. sandwich at Subway. Having a tuna salad from Subway. This isn't the healthiest of the meals. But yes, the Italian herbs and cheese is probably the best bread that they have. I think it's a lock. I think you gotta lock that in. You gotta love it. See it? No, you don't hate to see it. No, you don't hate, you don't to, hate see to see it. it unless you're being on, you're going on a health binge. You gotta love it though. And I'll be completely honest. There is no questioning this fact. You absolutely have to suck it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. You're gonna absolutely have to suck it. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we're happy to be back. It's almost like we never left. Probably because it's only been a couple minutes. We've been sitting in chairs farting for the last few minutes. <laughs> All right, moving on. So, we have a segment that we like to call Realistic or Real Big Duty Stick. Now, folks, you may be wondering, what the hell is a duty stick? Well, I'll tell you what a duty stick is. A duty stick, it's just a little old piece of poop on a skewer or a twig that you can then freeze, put in the freezer, it solidifies, and then you can hand it to someone as a nice gift. Now, that person would probably say, what the fuck is this? It's a piece of shit. And that, my friends, is the metaphor for what the opposite of realistic is. You could argue, well, Uncle Train, that really doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and honestly, I wouldn't argue with you. In layman's terms, this is a fact or fiction segment, but we are spicy Filthy podcast. <laughs> the maturity level here is a 10 out of 10, so we're going realistic. No, I think it's a 1 out of 10. I think it's a 10 out of 10. Okay. Or real big, big duty, duty stick. Yep. All right, so let's kick it off. New segment here. Uh, Uncle Train Man. Yes, sir, Michael. Realistic or real big duty stick. Christian Yelich has already wrapped up the MVP of the National League for the second straight year. Let me hear it. Well, Michael, I don't want to say that is a real big duty stick, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's a real big duty stick. And I think the reasoning behind that is that there is a young man playing out in Los Angeles. And he's given Christian a run for his money. And that boy's name is Cody Bellinger. Oh, Cody Bellinger. Oh, Cody Bellinger. Oh, Cody ring my Bellinger? Well, Stay let, by the Bellinger. let me just tell you. The man is putting on an absolute clinic. The fact that he's already got 11 dongs, granted. You know, he's going hand-in-hand hand with Yelich. Cody Bellinger is also batting 424 right now. And he already has a 2.5 war. And we're in April... Are you shitting me, folks? And for that reason alone, I can't confidently say that Yelich is going to absolutely repeat the MVP winning from last year. Granted, he's having a fucking hell of a year. There's no denying that. But as it stands right now, Cody Bellinger, his stats are just a little bit better. And you can say a little bit, 424 batting average versus 339, sure. Both them are great. But batting over 400, you got 11 dongs, got a two and a half war in a few weeks of baseball. And that alone deters me from guaranteeing Yelich the MVP. So, Michael, what is your take? 
are you going to say, hmm, that's pretty realistic? Or are you going to say, that's a real big duty stick? I'm going to let out a big... To me, this is a real big duty stick. I have to agree with you. <clears throat> For one, you already hit on it, Cody Bellinger. I don't need to tell you more about Cody Bellinger. This guy, sweet life of Zach and Cody Bellinger. He's been really good. But here's what I'm going to mention on Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich so far this season. <clears throat> 13 home runs, 31 RBI. April, not over yet. However, let's take a deeper look into those stats. Did you know Christian Yelich's 13 home runs, all 13 have come at Miller Park? Mmm, interesting. Okay. Very interesting. To expand on that, 29 of the 31 RBI have come at Miller Park. And to expand on it a little bit more. Let's expand. His OPS at home is a staggering 1.811. Oh, shit. That's fucked. On the road, it's 588. Really? Christian Yelich has been amazing. I'm not taking anything away from him. No, absolutely not. But I am cherry-picking some stats here. Mm. And if you look inside a little bit, those home run splits are a little telling. And one last thing on that. What's the last thing you got? I am not sold that the Milwaukee Brewers make the playoffs this year. They are in a tough division. We'll get to that in a little bit. Absolutely. But if they don't make the playoffs, I'm more confident that the Dodgers are going to make the playoffs. Right. I see him having a great year, but him securing the MVP this early is a real big, big duty kick. Fuck. Oh, I said cake. It's a stick. What can you do? What can you do? It's yeah, a cake stick. Well, the other thing also is you. I mean, you shouldn't really take age as a factor, but think about it. Our boy Zach and Sweet Life Zach and Cody is only twenty three. It's only his third year in the bigs, right? And we saw what happened last year. It wasn't great. I said he was going to be a dookie cake, but he's mashing. Either way, when you're that young. You know, pitchers can still kind of feel you out a little bit more, and they might be able to uh, to to figure out a way to get you out of, the, out of your rhythm. Yelich, on the other hand, is 27. He's got a bunch more years under his belt. So the pitchers have seen him time and time again. He's been in the league for a while now, and it's not like they're going to find out much more about him in the, you know just this year, right? So something to think about. That's kind of in Yelich's favor, right? I think he might uh, be a little more consistent throughout the year. I mean, I think we're definitely going to see Bellinger's stats drop. He's obviously not going to sustain a 400-plus batting average. But that being said, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe he drops pretty pretty dramatically. And maybe he does end up regaining that coveted title of the Dookie Cake. I'm not ruling it out. I'm not ruling it in. We're going to have to see. We're going to have to see. On to question number two. two. Realistic or... or Real big duty stick. The NL Central. Mm. A division with the Cubs, the Brewers, the surprising Pittsburgh Pirates, and the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Reds. Nobody cares about them. Are they the toughest division in baseball? Now that is quite a question. Because we're seeing a lot of heated matchups. 
across the MLB. So, I mean, just kind of touching on all these teams that we got here. So we're looking at the cards. They filled a big void from the Pujols departure of 2000, post-2011, by getting our boy, Gold Schmitty. That was huge, and you've, we, you know, we've seen what he can do, and we're seeing what he's doing this year. He's coming up big for the St. Louis Cardinals. You got Jose Martinez. He's batting 350 on the season. Paul DeYoung. Hitting over DeYoung. 300. He's a stud. He's very good, Paul DeYoung. Ozuna. Mashing dunks. He's finally becoming the player. So, that they you know, for. things are happening with the cards. They are they got a solid squad that they're building. The Pirates, shocker this year a little bit. I thought they were kind of going to be a little bit of a dookie cake. You know, on, on, on par with the Reds. Maybe that was a little aggressive, but... Really good rotation. Jamison Tyler. They're top three in the majors right Joe now. Joe Musgrove, really good pitcher. I love the Grove. The Archer. The headline piece for Garrett Cole, pitching well. Mm. Chris Archer. Doing well. He's doing well this season. They have a good rotation. Yeah. Uh, Their offense uh, is pr- is pretty dookie cake, though. They're 27th in runs scored, and they are in the bottom 10 batting average. And their run differential is a plus 1. So you know, Okay. So they are 12 and They're 8, scoring. plus 1 run differential. But that's, that, I mean, that's, that's really fully because of their pitching. Right. Their staff has just been unbelievable. So it's right around... Not being too significant, right? They did take a blow to their uh, pen with Birdie getting injured. That was tough right. to see. Poor dude, he went down grabbing his elbow, and he looked like he was in tears. But Felipe Vasquez, the closer, looking like oh yeah, one of the best closers in baseball. Yep, and you gotta love it. The Cubbies, they. The, Cub, the Cubs are interesting. They started slow. They picked it up. We know what they're capable of. Their offensive depth, I mean, is sick. Javi Baez is having a great year. You know, he's the kind of guy, he's really bounced back from how he's played in previous years. Um, I think their pitching is okay, but they definitely got to pick it up. I mean, you got two potential stars in Cole Hamels and then Kyle Hendricks. Um... Darvish is on the squad, but he's been kind of a dookie cake for the last few years. Um, you know, Cubs. Cubs are interesting. Um, still one of the better teams in the National League, in my opinion. Uh, have won seven of their last ten, so yeah. they're starting to right the ship a little bit. A couple question marks for me with the Cubs. Mm. It's an aging rotation. You know, Hamels, Darvish, Lester, like you mentioned, even Hendricks. I mean, Hendricks is maybe the most boring pitcher in the MLB. Yeah. Uh, and their bullpen. Right now, without Brandon Morrow, you're relying on yeah. Pedro Strope. I, I don't know how good that bullpen is. It's pretty shitty. I still believe this is a playoff team. Of course. But, let's get back to the question. Realistic or real big duty stick, this is the best division in baseball. Uh, I mean, also the Brew Crew. Throw them in the mix, right? Right. I mean, the Reds. I think we can kind of, we can kind of count them out, right? Um, Brewers came within one game of the World Series last year. Exactly. Right. I think they need to bolster their pitching a little bit. Yep. Um, but you know that's neither here nor there. I think for the long term, if we're looking full season. 
I think that's a realistic statement. I think it's it's been something that we've seen in years past. They've been the toughest division. There were what was it, two thousand fifteen or two thousand fourteen? I think the top it was the Cubs, the Pirates, and the uh, Cardinals who all finished with I think like ninety five plus wins. Um, might have even been higher than that, and it was a shame that I think it was the Pirates didn't even make it to the postseason because of that. Um, but we've seen what they could do, and I'm not ruling it out. You got other divisions who are, I mean, everybody's pretty much keeping it close. AL East is going to be interesting if the Rays can keep it up, if the Yanks can get their fucking team back, and if the Red Sox can pick it up. You got three big players there. Um, the AL West, solid division between the Strohs, the Mariners. Again, let's see if the Mariners drop off. I think they're going to. Rangers are playing well, but I think the Rangers are going to drop off too. I think that's going to be the Strohs division by far. Um, so I'm saying this is a realistic thing. I think this can happen. Yeah, I mean, to me, there's three contenders for this. I, I mean, I think it comes down to, do you think it's the Central? Do you think it's the National League East? Or do you think it's the AL East? I'm trying not to be biased. Right. And that's, that's fair. Right. <clears throat> for me, I'm going to say, and I'm struggling with this one, but I'm going to say real big duty stick on oh. this one again. Reason being... And at least... I'm actually taking the ALEs. Okay, fuck that. Sorry, go on. Let you do your take. Hear me out. Yeah. Last year, AL East, 108-win team in the Red Sox, 100-win team in the Yankees, 90-win team in the Tampa Bay Rays. That's three teams, 90-plus wins. I realize they don't have that fourth team to really make this a... Uh, deep division, if you want to call it that. Mm. But I believe that the top heaviness of this is going to create a lot of competition. Um, I think that it just, it's a matter of, do you want that fourth team in there? Or, or are you good picking uh, the division with the top three? I mean, top I'm, three, yeah. If, if you got top three, two, you got three teams who can all make a run for it. It's a, it's a tough division. No right. And, about it. and I believe that the Rays are gonna have a good season this year. I do think that... They've only bolstered since last year. They've only bolstered. You're gonna get a full year of the Tommy Pham, man. Oh, the Tommy family, La man. Familia, you know, I said on the last podcast, top five to ten in the MVP voting if he can stay healthy all year, I think is very possible. Um, they just play a style of ball that I think can work for the season. Enough bad teams in yep. the AL... And I just think the Yankees and the Red Sox are still two of the three best teams in the league when fully healthy. When fully healthy, it's a um, big win, it's a big if. You gotta love it, you hate to see it, definitely gotta suck it. Quickly on the NL East, I think it's gonna come down to the Mets and Phillies. I think the Braves are not going to make a big run towards the very end. I think the Nats absolutely suck penis, and the Marlins are on par with the O's. So I think it's gonna be between the Phillies and the Mets. I'm very excited for the second half of the season. Granted, I don't think it's going to be the toughest division in baseball, so I won't take them. Gotta love it. I hate to see it. All right. Next, uh, yeah. next question. The next question. Stickouts. Stickouts. No. Unfortunately, we are not doing a stickout segment. We'll have to bring it back at some point, but uh, to keep on with this theme, mm. we're going to take another divisional question. Huh. Realistic or real big, big duty, duty stick? stick. The AL East. Mets win. 
the division that I said is the toughest in baseball, will have three playoff teams this year. What do you think? To me, I think the biggest question mark there is going to be the Sox rotation. If if Aldi is now going to be out for a couple months, you're really going to need to sail to find a stride, and you're going to need price as well to hold it down and be consistent. If that doesn't happen, I'm going to call this one a real big duty stick. I can also see the Rays not holding it up throughout the entirety of the season. I, I, I can see their offense slowing down quite a bit. And to be completely honest, as much as it kills me to say it, the fact that the Yankees' injured list, not disabled list, single-handedly makes up potentially the best lineup in baseball is one of the most fucked up things that I've seen this year. And for that reason alone, I think once the Yanks get healthy, it's going to happen eventually. They're not going to be playing with 13 guys on the injured list the entirety of the year. When that happens, the Yanks are going to pull ahead. I think they're going to have an insane record within the division, which is going to you know, have a big negative impact on the Sox and the Rays. And... I think the Yanks are going to take it easily by the end of the year, and I don't. I think the again, if the Sox rotation can somehow get back to what it was last year, completely different story. But just given how it's been performing, and given that you know you guys, you got guys like Mookie Betts who are hitting like two fifty or so, you know th- that that shit's just not going to fly. And I know they're going to pick it up, but I don't think they're going to pick it up that much. I think they're going to let it drag a little bit on the ground. Maybe it gets scraped. It's not in pristine condition anymore. You hate to see it, but that's my take. Big dog, all you. I guess to follow up on my theme here, I think this is realistic. I think that there's a lot of question marks in this division right now, right? There is. So one is, how substantial are the Rays? Mm. Two is, what the hell is going on in Boston? Try to wonder. And three is... Can the Yankees stay afloat enough to where as they start getting their guys back, they're going to be okay and they're going to have the chance to to make that run that you spoke about? Right. It's April 23rd. It's early, folks. It's early. Early bird special. But I do think that, again, the Yankees and the Red Sox are two of the three best teams in baseball. I still believe that when healthy— Yankees right now is currently constructed, not one of the three best teams in baseball. No. When fully healthy, I believe they are. Um, And I think that Tampa Bay... You think they're for real? I think they're for real. I think they have a chance to get that second wild card spot. Maybe even first. Who knows how it's going to play out. Who knows? But I do think that they have the capability to do that. I think there's a lot of bad teams in the American League. I keep saying that. I think it gives them a chance, and what I've seen so far is that they are beating up on the teams that they need to beat, and I think if I'm looking at it right now, and I'm making playoff predictions, I'm taking all three to the playoffs. There's going to be an AL East battle royale in the wild card game. Cage match, we're climbing the walls, we're getting onto the ceiling. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath, folks. We've talked about the bloodbath before on this podcast. 
I believe that bloodbath had plenty of ducks in it, and it had to do with the Annalise, with the Marlins being bottom of the barrel. But, neither here nor there, and I think that's all we got for this week's episode. Folks, you gotta love it, you hate to see it, if we're being completely honest, as of course is tradition, you gotta suck it. Episode 3 in the books, wrap it up. Folks, get the fuck out of here, and we'll see you in two weeks. God damn it.